0: Don't turn it off now. You need this stuff. Tampa Bay's Tantalk Radio Network. tonight on go yard we always have a great time great show fun to be here i am mama mac along with me is the ever-present and the ever-wonderful and amazing dr (laughs) dr angel falzoni she gave me that look like what are you gonna say next bobby i never know she's scared she's really scared you know but that's okay she is amazing she is wonderful absolutely and she is ever present so and we're glad you are here
1: (laughs) it's good to be here tonight
0: oh dr angel we always have so much fun on these go yard shows don't we every week we do we really do yeah it's just fun to share just some principles for making our lives better you know more fulfilling and just upgrade upgrade our lives, you know.
1: Absolutely, yes. We all can use a
0: little upgrading all the time. All the time. And so, you know, we try to keep our shows very informative and different and and this is a show that we do every few weeks, or maybe about every quarter, yeah, perhaps, we do right? Yeah, about
1: every quarter.
0: And this is the last show of this first quarter. Yes, so what are we doing, Dr. Angel? We are doing our questions and answers show, where we yes. answer your questions. That's right. And before we get into these, we'll just give you an idea of how you can send in your questions, because we want to hear from you. And it will be great for Dr. Angel, especially, to answer those questions, and I'll throw in a comment or two. But that is goyard2014 at gmail.com. And so that's how you send those questions in, goyard2014 uh, at gmail.com. Also, you can text us during the show, whether you listen on the weekends to this show at starcomradionetwork.com, which airs at noon both on Saturday and Sunday. Four words, starcomradionetwork.com. We air at noon Eastern every Saturday and Sunday. And so if you're listening to the show on Starcom, that's great, that's fine. You can still email us or text us your questions. And our Google text number is 727-888-4171. So join the party here. And if you're listening live right now in in our Tampa Bay area, which is where we are, you can call in to the studio if you're here listening on Thursday evening. And that number is 727-441-3000. So we welcome you to call in with your questions or your comments. And Bobby is our engineer tonight. And he will be happy to pass you right along into the studio with us. So, Dr. Angel Falsoni, I've read through these questions, and some of these are <laughs> some of these are doozies, I tell you. But you know what? It always shows me that people are people, mm-hmm. and we all kind of have some of the very same stuff going on in our lives. Uh, there's differences, and 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 we don't all have all of this stuff, obviously. But this is not weird. These are common life situations that people go through. Absolutely. You
1: think? it's a, this, is, this is it. This is the nitty gritty of
0: life. And I love to hear what our listeners want answers to. So let's kick right into it. And we're going to go with question number one. I'm going to read it and then okay. you can uh, start thinking about your answer. Uh, this person says And it doesn't say here if this is a male or female We, don't know, from we this, don't know from this question Recently and unexpectedly My dog passed away I can relate to that Happened to me last year I am feeling so sad I had my dog through two marriages And he has been my faithful companion I wake up in the mornings And find myself crying People around me keep telling me To get over it Dogs die I am really struggling how long is it okay to feel sad after losing a pet? Boy, this is a great question because most of America has some form of a pet, it seems, has been my my you know, experience being a realtor. I mean, almost everybody's got a bird or a cat or a dog or five of each or <laughs> a bunny or a horse or a cow or
1: some radio stations even have dogs like here. <laughs> and, and
0: like here, we have two dogs here, yes, and that's fun. We love Ragsdale and and uh blue but you know what it's just this is a common situation and to be sad about this is not
1: unusual correct totally not unusual in fact it's normal okay um it is sad to lose a pet especially a, a companion that this person has had it looks like for quite a period of time if the pet outlasted a couple marriages <laughs> that but, was an interesting <laughs> side note I thought really But, you know, and it is, uh, we do feel sad. It's sad. It's loss. Right. And loss is always sad. And to wake up crying, usually mornings or nights are two of the prominent times that grief hits us the hardest. Why would that be, Doctor? It's those transitions. It's when we notice it the most. Uh, Our lives are a little bit more still right when we're waking up and right when we're going to bed. And that's when that kind of hits us. And plus, when you have pets, what are you doing in the morning and at night? You're walking them, feeding them. Yeah, that's right. You're doing more pet care usually. right? And so those are more common times to really feel those sadness. Okay, so none of that's unusual. Totally not unusual. Um, Sounds like the people around this person is kind of minimizing this person's pain. You know, dogs die. Yes, they do. But it still feels sad. Right. It's still a loss. And... It's okay to you know, acknowledge, I have this loss, I am feeling sad, and you may cry. Some people you know, express loss in many ways, and when we're talking about loss, there is, there's not a timetable. No, there really isn't, is there? There is no timetable on grief and loss. Everyone is different.
0: And just like when you lose a friend or a parent or a loved one or a spouse,
1: you can't try to tell people you should be over it by this date, right? Not at all. You know, and when it comes to grief, you know, we have some people who have delayed grief where they kind of stuff it all and then, you know, six months down the road or a year down the road, it kind of comes back and then they have to deal with it. Right. And then some people deal with it when it first happens. And there's no, okay, well, you've been sad for four days. It's time to get over it. Yeah. No, no, no. And, but why are
0: people like that, the friends or relatives or whoever they are? It, all this person says is people around me keep telling me to get over it. So we don't know who these people are, and that's okay. But why is it that human nature wants to tell people how to behave? That, that's, that's how c- to feel. How to feel, you know, how to feel, not behave.
1: Absolutely. They're trying to tell you how what's acceptable and what's not. And guess what? Loss is loss. It hurts. And there's a lot of complicated feelings that we go through with that. And so it can take time and give yourself time. And it's okay to cry. And it's okay to feel sad. Right. Um, It's not okay to sit stuck and crying and feeling sad all day. So if you're finding that you just can't keep going on with your daily routine, you might need more help to get through it. But if, you know, it's, you know, that morning, night kind of thing where you're feeling those intense feelings, totally okay and normal. And And whatever that time is that you need to grieve that loss. And it sounded unexpected. So this wasn't even something like this pet was sick and we knew that this was going to happen. It just happened. And that kind of
0: makes it a little easier, I think. I just lost my little dog, Bailey, last year, about now. And um, it was expected, you know, actually he lived, the doctor said when we were putting him down that he lived like two years longer than he expected because of everything wrong with him, you know, just a laundry list of problems, kidneys and all kinds of things. So I kind of had myself a little prepared, and but it seems like this
1: person didn't. True, and that can make it a little more challenging to work through. When we kind of can expect it with a human or a pet or anything, we kind of grieve as the process is happening. Yes. So yes. we're grieving along that process, right. even though they're still with us. Right. And so when it just comes out of the blue, it really can sideswipe you. Oh, absolutely.
0: So you would say to this person, how long is it okay to feel sad after losing a pet? Is
1: the question. And I'm going to tell you, there's not a timetable. Okay. As long as it takes for you to go through the process of grief. Right. And you know, and there, when it comes to things like pets, we don't have like pet support grief groups. We should really. Yeah. Honestly, you know, it's not um, a bad idea. Bobby, another you do that? <laughs> another loss I that I so. find people that struggle with is like when they've had miscarriages. There's oh, not like yes. miscarriage right. grief, and that's kind of those are griefs that are very private, and most people. They don't see them as grief around right. you, so you don't get that support. You know, yes. when a human dies, yes. people want to come around and kind of give you support. Right. But salmon like a lot of people have let this person down. Two marriages. Something happened that wasn't good. Right. And so maybe this was this, you know, person's connection or, you right. know, heart placement. And so it can take a little longer. I tell you, a pet can be such a companion, mm-hmm. as
0: mine, my two, have always been. And it is, it is very difficult
1: when you lose one.
0: So we acknowledge that. And, Absolutely. And uh, this person should not
1: be condemning themselves, correct? Should not. Go through the grief. Go, go through, through the, it. Go through what you feel. Journal. Um, a lot of times we encourage people to make, like, memory books and scrapbooks right. and um, little things to help them keep the those great positive memories and make those milestones for them. That's great. Question number two, Dif- a completely different subject. <laughs> And
0: I love the fact that these are all over the ballpark. (laughs) I am having difficulties with time management. I have good intentions on getting things done, and then I find myself getting sidetracked and not much accomplished at the end of the day. I am feeling frustrated with myself. Do you have any ideas to help me better manage my
1: time? We did a show on that. We have done several shows on time management. And you know what? We, uh, we can have good intentions, yeah. you know, and that's, I think, where it gets even more frustrating is when we want to do what we need to do and right. we still can't seem can't to get seem it accomplished. It. And so I get that. It can feel very frustrating. That's a lot different than the person who doesn't know what they need to do so they don't realize what they're not getting done. Um, so life kind of can sidetrack us. I call it rabbit trailing, you know, where... Rabbit trailing. Yeah, where you Wait of, a minute, <laughs> I like that. Rabbit trailing. Okay. Well, and it, it happens. So, like, you know, you have this goal. Okay, well, today I want to accomplish, you know, getting groceries done. And then all of a sudden you wake up and the baby's got a fever. And that's rabbit trailing you now to the pediatricians. And okay. then your day got keeps it. rabbit yeah. trailing in all different directions. Not that they're not important... But you didn't get the path done. done.
0: Right. And a lot of people really come down hard on themselves, like possibly this person, too. Uh, At the end of the day, this person doesn't feel like they've accomplished much at all. And then it says, I'm feeling frustrated with myself.
1: So what I would say when we're looking at time management is make very small Time, a very small thing to accomplish and okay. maybe make a longer period of time. If, you know, it seems like your life is throwing a lot of extra curveballs at you, then be prepared that things are going to happen. And maybe you need to make a goal that this week okay. I'm going to get, you know, the bills paid. Right. Or this week I'm going to, you know, clean out the closet. Or this month I'm going to clean out the closet. Right. And take That's it to smaller tasks. Right. That way you can allow some of life to happen without feeling like you're failing yourself.
0: Right. That's an excellent idea. Like that. Ready for number three? I'm ready. Okay. At my job, everyone dumps their work on me because they know I will get it done. I am the type that puts in 100%. However, the others that dump work on me take smoke breaks all day, sit in each other's offices and chat about personal stuff, etc. Meanwhile, I don't have time even for lunch. Wow. Wow. I arrive before everyone else. I stay later than everyone else does, and I am feeling very resentful, and I want to quit my job. How can I get back to doing my job and not everyone else's? Oh, how can I get back to doing my job and not everyone else's? That emphasis needs to be on my job there.
1: Absolutely. You know, this is a common issue. Yes. You know, I saw uh, a thing on Facebook the other day that says, oh, when I do my job well, the reward is I get to do everyone else's. Oh, and that's what really this person is saying. And they are. And so what I'm going to tell you is kind of a twofold issue. One is you're, we're accepting other people's responsibility. And then we're feeling resented for taking on more than we can handle. Right. And so one of it may be that we need to not accept when they're trying to dump jobs on us. But what if it's
0: your boss? And what if it's somebody else's boss says, oh, yeah, she can do that. Great. Yeah, give that to her,
1: too. Well, that's when you might need to sit down with your boss and let them know, I'm feeling overwhelmed. You need to take your lunch breaks. You're entitled to your lunch breaks. But what about the person who says, I'm
0: intimidated by my boss. I'm afraid I'll lose my job if I complain about all this extra work.
1: Well, here's the deal. Then I want to tell you, you're probably at the wrong job. Why would you say that? Because we need to be able to have open, honest communication. Okay. And we're, we're, we're there a long time. Right. And we need to be able to... Eight or nine hours a day. We really are. And if we can't even get a lunch break in here and other people have time to do personal conversations and do the things they want, something's wrong with this system. Right. So either management has a system broken or management's not aware of how this system's broken and this person is taking on more than they can handle. And then they're feeling so overwhelmed that they just want to walk away which is a normal feeling when you get so overwhelmed
0: so do you think this has anything to do with the personality type of this person that maybe indicates um i can do that or i'll be happy to help you and it very much could be that's not stated here i'm just saying from my own experience Mm -hmm. i have seen people like you know that that seem to enjoy the attention they get from and doing that,
1: everything. Be doing a everything. Show. Though,
0: that's right. but That may not be this
1: person. Not at all.
0: But but I have seen that in office situations. Maybe you have too.
1: Oh, absolutely. You know, there's a lot of dynamics that happen. Because I also see in office situations where people, they don't want to work. They just want to get a paycheck. Right. So if I can push something off to someone else, I'm still getting paid the same. And sounds I don't to, have to do it. That sounds to me like what's going on here. And so we can't let that happen either. One no. person, you know, can't do all the work and everyone's right gets what they get. and so That's not right. We got to start talking to, you know, our our supervisor and sharing, I'm feeling overwhelmed. This person, you know, this person's bringing this and this person's bringing that and I cannot, I'm doing more than I can. Right. And then setting in our own boundaries. Take your lunch. If your job's not done, your job's not done. Take your lunch. Leave on time. Come on time. Right. Don't put in extra hours for free.
0: Well, and it looks like this person comes early, stays late. Not good. Not a good precedent. That's exactly right. So really they're airing here correct i True. mean this isn't the right way to to have your job especially because you're allowing the resentment
1: to build and they just she, she or he wants to quit his job or her so job if i can't have boundaries to protect myself how can i expect anyone else to have boundaries to respect what i can do and can't do ooh that's good so when i need to be there you know it's okay to get there you know 15 20 30 minutes early to get your morning settled but we don't want to be coming in way early, staying way late. You know, we have a work day. You get paid for your work day. Take your lunch. Enjoy your break. Go take a walk. I mean, it's a beautiful day today. Go outside. See some sunshine. Do something for yourself during your lunch. But don't you think possibly, and I don't know about this person, but a lot of
0: people in this kind of a scenario, they just want to please so bad. They do. I see that. Do you see that? You know, you, your supervisor over many therapists. And it's easy for people to fall into that trap that they'll be noticed if
1: they do more than they're supposed to be doing. True. And there there is that people-pleasing mentality and maybe, you know, some low self-esteem where people will like me or want me around if I can do all these great things. But in the meantime, you're putting yourself, burying yourself in a sandpit that you can't get out of. Right.
0: And, you know, we often say that not every show applies to every single person. You know, that listens to our mm-hmm. shows, but we have them on our website, goyard2014.org, with titles, and for a reason, and again, even these question and answer shows don't apply to everyone, but no. but there's a lot of good points that come out of these shows, and I, I really think, just like that, people-pleasing, that's an excellent life skill that you don't want <laughs>
1: <laughs> true how did i said that backwards didn't No, I? we don't want to please everybody because we right. Want ourselves right it's not a I life skill it's a life detriment it really is yeah but a lot of people have refined it so <laughs> and this is kind of situations they find themselves in right so start setting your own personal boundaries yes. my boundaries is i work my work day my boundary is i have a lunch break i'm entitled to that right T- time away refresh eat get your drink you know take a break And then the next thing you need to do, if things aren't getting better, start communicating with management. Right. If management's not supportive, you're in a very kind of broken work environment, this probably isn't a great environment. Maybe it's time to listen to the show after us and work on your resume and find another job. Gene show, which is always great, doing the the job that you love.
0: All right. Question number four, doctor. Let's go there. My husband just went to jail for drugs. We have two children, ages 8 and 12. It seems like he will be in jail for a while. The kids keep asking where their dad is. I don't know what to tell them should I tell my kids that their dad is in jail
1: and why. Whew, this is a doozy.
0: You know, come becoming more of a problem in America in a lot of ways, don't you think? I, this is totally not
1: uncommon. Yes. It is. It's, it's not, not uncommon, uncommon. Especially
0: the population that you work with. Yes. You
1: see it a lot. So what I always tell people when we're working with kids, And when we're talking to kids, we want to give age-appropriate, developmentally-appropriate truth. Meaning. Please explain that, but I like that concept. I've had worked with families, and a parent was, say, in rehab or off in jail, and they'll say, oh, well, they're on vacation, or they're working a new job over here, and that wasn't truth. Okay. And kids need truth because that's where they feel safe and secure. Okay. And they will find out at one point if we give them a story we think we're protecting them, and if it's not truth, Somebody's gonna spill the beans, aren't it's, they? It's gonna yes, they're gonna find out, and then they're gonna lose their trust in you, and it's gonna hurt that relationship. Wow! But that doesn't mean, in truth, that we have to give them the entirety of details. You know, for an eight-year-old, truth maybe you know, daddy did something that he shouldn't have done, and now he had to go to jail. We don't have to say what that something was, or the details, or how long. But age-appropriate truth.
0: I like that. I think that's very wise. Yeah. Because I've known people who don't tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Then kids later find out what really happened and they're resentful. And why wasn't I told the truth? I mean,
1: yeah. And this it's a great be a opportunity problem. to open doors of conversation of right. why we follow rules and what rules are and, you know, things that right. can happen when we don't follow rules. And, it, you know, we can state it as simple as, you know, daddy broke a rule or a law, which is a rule, and now he has to go to jail for a little bit. But he'll be coming home when he, when he's, you know, out and, you know, whatever. So age-appropriate, developmentally appropriate, truth. So if your 8-year-old is not fully, you know, at their developmental level of an 8-year-old, some of them you know, lower IQ or lower emotional levels, Give it to them at a younger kind of age. That's why I throw that developmental level. Yeah. And if this child like was autistic or Asperger's, it would not be an eight year old typical child. Right. So exactly. Keep the truth. Just give them little bits of it. You don't have to give the whole story. Yeah. That's good. Now if the twelve year old comes and goes, Well, I heard dad was on the crack pipe, this is a good conversation for a twelve year old. <laughs> and yeah. there we talk the yes. truth to that child right. with what they can handle. Right. And
0: hopefully help them see consequences. For bad actions.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, in ways to keep our family together while daddy's at jail. Maybe, you know, we can write daddy letters, make him cards, tell him we miss him, and that way we're keeping yeah, some relationship with those kids as well. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Boy,
0: when I read these questions, I thought we are all over the map tonight, and we are. But you know what? That's good, because hopefully some
1: of this will help some people here and there. All right, question number five. I know, but I think we're going to be going to break in just a couple minutes. So Okay, we have a couple of minutes. Let's throw this out, and then we'll answer it after the break. Okay, we'll read the question, and then we'll answer it right after the break. I have been divorced for over five years,
0: and we have a teenage daughter together. My husband, my ex-husband, has recently started calling when he wants personal favors, like picking up his prescriptions and things. At first, I would run the small errand for him as a means of keeping a working relationship for our daughter. But now it is getting out of hand. He calls with requests multiple times a week. This is making me angry. We are divorced. I am not his wife. At the same time, I do not want to make things difficult for our daughter. I am feeling torn what should I do, boy? That is a very good question. It's a great question, and, and a very that common is struggle. Listening tonight because that is a very common struggle. We're going to break. We'll be right back. Call a friend. Tell them to join us on Go Yard right here with Dr. Angel and Mama Mac.
1: Megan, an independent ambassador for Plexus, the pink
0: drink. There is finally a healthy solution to help you lose weight. It's a most natural product
1: that will burn fat, not muscle. People around the country are experiencing amazing results, and you can too. Check out my independent ambassador website for my contact info, testimonials, and product information at
0: mkramer.myplexusproducts.com. Call Marcia today at 727-417-0707. Now is a great time to buy or sell a home. Call Marcia McAllister at
1: 727-417-0707. Oh, Lord have mercy. Oh, this weary soul. Come and take All
0: right, Bobby, I love it. He played our theme song again. We don't get to hear that very often or that much of it. And I love that song by the group Mercy Me. And it just really states what this show is all about, Dr. Angel, having a new lease on life, having a new day in your life, and and not going back and making the same mistakes over and over again. And um, that, I hope some of our audience were thinking or discussing with someone near them. Uh, what we just read, question number five, because I'm going to read it one more time because you need time to figure it out, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I have been divorced for over five years, this person writes, and we have a teenage daughter together. My ex-husband has recently started calling when he wants personal favors, like picking up his prescriptions and things. First, I would run the small errand, as a means of keeping a working relationship for our daughter, but now it's getting out of hand. He calls with requests multiple times a week. And this is, this is making me angry. We are divorced. I am not his wife. At the same time, I do not want to make things difficult for our daughter. I'm feeling torn. And the question is, what should I do about this?
1: Ooh, this is a big question. And this is kind of a pretty common issue for a lot of divorce. couples. It's not that uncommon yes. for divorced couples. It is. You know, and it can go either way of the coin. When right. somebody doesn't re-engage in another relationship, they still want to rely on that person before to right. kind of take over whatever those duties are. You know, a lot of divorced women might call their ex-husband to come, you know, change the, you know, fix the toilet hinge sure. or to lift something heavy and, right. you know, vice versa on doing things the thing is i think we have two different issues okay i think this person is lumping if i do this for my ex-husband then it's going to make think my relationship with him and our daughter work better okay yeah so they're kind of putting themselves at the other person's mercy mm-hmm. almost you know i'm at your beck and call because i don't want this relationship with our daughter to not be okay right yeah And that's a kind of crappy place to be.
0: Well, it sounds like the woman is so afraid that it's going to, that relationship's going to deteriorate. So she's kind of walking on thin ice or something, thinking, if I don't do this, he's going to be mean, or he's going to withhold money or whatever. It doesn't say what she's afraid of. But she's definitely torn here.
1: She is torn. And the daughter is a teenage daughter. So she's not a youngin. Right. She's she's getting up there. And so. And that, even that dynamic,
0: don't you think doctor presents a whole lot of different scenarios when the kids are teenagers
1: versus little kids? Oh, yeah. And co-parenting is, can be a challenge. Yes. It really can be a challenge. And so I think we have two issues. And one issue is these personal favors. And I'm thinking I'm going to pay off over here and make this easier. And maybe it does or doesn't. I don't know. But the long run is you can't put yourself at someone's mercy. Right. And hopes that we can co-parent better. Right. Just co-parenting and my doing personal favors for you shouldn't not be tied together. No, they should not be. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and you know, there's them. one thing, of uh, you know, that human act of kindness and doing something for somebody and even your, your child's mother or father, because it is your child's mother or father, but that does not mean you're at their beck and call. Right. That does not mean you need to go out of your way to make sure they're accommodated. And so that's where we might need to have a conversation is, you know, I feel like I've been doing a lot of things to help you out, but... I can't keep doing this, so right. we're going to... And, and it could
0: very well be she's afraid of this guy's anger.
1: It could be a, a lot of things. And but there's definitely fear in the bottom of this. You, there is You've called that right. Yeah. There's fear there's in the fear. bottom of this. I'm, I'm afraid he'll try to take my daughter. Right. Or I'm afraid I'm not, right. something's not going to go right if right. I don't do this. Yeah. And so you're really putting yourself in their mercy. Yeah. Of calling all these shots. Take back your power. Right. Have the conversation. Don't be afraid of what might happen. We are divorced. Right. You know, and you need to start taking care of your own errands. Right. You know, and if it deals with our daughter, let's talk about it. Let's hash about it. Let's take turns dealing with what we need. If we have to pick up a script for the kid, that's a different issue. That sure is. But for you, that's that's not how divorce works. (laughs) (laughs) The issue of being divorced is we're not a relationship in that capacity anymore. And so those are kind of... Still being married by living apart, if you kind of get what I'm saying. That's the thing a wife would do. Right. it's exactly right. And so it sounds like this guy wants his cake and eats it too. He wants the wife without having the wife. Mm-hmm. And so that's a conversation she needs to have. And she can have it gently and nicely, but setting her boundaries on. Right. When it comes to our daughter, let's communicate. Let's talk. Let's figure it out. Let's share that responsibility. But you need to take care of your own stuff. Absolutely. And if it makes you mad, then... And if there's backlash and we have to deal with it, you have to deal with it. But sitting at his mercy, he's it's just going to keep increasing. It will get worse, don't you think? It's going to get worse. Because, yeah. That's what happens. The mm-hmm. more he knows you'll do for him, the more he's going to want you to do for him. That's
0: right. Yeah. And it'll be comfortable for him that way. All right. Question number six. My best friend and I have been friends for over a decade. And we have an amazing friendship. Oh, that's a long time. Ten years. Recently, I've been having romantic feelings for my best friend. I haven't said anything to him or anyone else. Right now, he is dating someone else, but it is not going well. I have been his go-to confidant on his current relationship problems. I feel deep down that I am in love with him, but I don't want to do anything to hurt our amazing friendship. I have been finding it increasingly difficult to be around him as my feelings are growing. And I can't ignore them forever. Sometimes it just makes me feel sad to see this wonderful guy that deserves to be happy and loved. And I do love him and can make him happy. And he doesn't know it. Should I share how I am feeling with my friend or suck up my feelings and move on? You know, this is a really, really interesting question. And one that we've seen played out in TV situations I'm thinking of the sitcom Friends for years. Yes, yeah, okay? yes. Friends, and I just I just uh, saw a rerun of Friends recently, and it was kind of that whole dynamic was getting ready to happen, and, and, you know, they were not just friends anymore, and they, one of them was feeling like, wow, wait a minute, you know. This happens in life, Doctor.
1: Oh, it happens a lot in life, yes. Definitely happens, and it can be very complicated. Right. Because exposing feelings and if it's not reciprocated can make a friendship really strained or right. make a friendship grow apart right um because let's say from the guy's viewpoint
0: if you're the guy and and she finally says to you you know what all these years now we've been friends but now i'm really having romantic and he's like oh yuck uh, right you know what and if he's feeling that way
1: or you might be like I'm just you're like my little
0: sister. Right, exactly, which is a lot of friendships. You know, yes. I've known people, you know, I've got some good male friends. And you know, sometimes it's yeah, go ahead. You know, a lot of times there <laughs> you, are these you very
1: close you um male female relationships where we we become friends and we connect because you're giving me that other perspective. Right. But you're safe. There's no expectation of right of you know that romantic commitment and that you know sexual intimacy. And so this is safe. I can share all these things I want to. I've always wanted to share with the opposite sex without any expectations. Right. And it going crazy. And so we're adding in now feelings. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, feelings. And it can be challenging for both people. <laughs> That's the problem, isn't it? Mm. It really can. So this person is in a relationship. So I would say while they're in a relationship, I would definitely not share those romantic feelings. Because I think that's disrespectful to the current relationship. And you're kind of taking advantage of the fact that he's in a crappy one.
0: And it says right here, right now he is (laughs) dating someone else, but it is not going well. Right. And I've been his co-confidant, go-to confidant. So
1: you know all the dirt all oh. he's very vulnerable right now
0: he's vulnerable and not only that this this woman knows what he is
1: upset about what he needs what he wants and it, so it's almost manipulative isn't it? it could be in this timing and this is not the timing to right. share those types of feelings and if this relationship plays out and it ends then you have another, you have that decision to look at. But while he's in a relationship, oh, it no. is totally yeah. not, not appropriate. fair to either one of you. No. And I think it will damage that friendship. Definitely. Now, I would say, how long have you had these feelings? We don't know. It wasn't shared the length of time. I would say, let's see if these are recently, genuine. It says,
0: recently I have been having romantic feelings for my best friend.
1: And, you know, sometimes it just happens because, you know, friendships can be just really intimate. We share all kinds of parts of our heart. And then sometimes we confuse that intimacy with romantic intimacy. And it may not even be that. And it may not really (laughs) even be that for us. Right. It just feels that way because we've shared things with them that we would never have shared with even our romantic partners. Right. And so I'm going to say give it some time. Right. You can journal your feelings. You know, you're going to need an outlet because if you kind of leave them bottled up, they get more intense. Oh, And then yeah. you kind of get a little really overwhelmed. Right. And I would say, you know, journal your feelings, you know, do what you need to do to kind of process. And let's let time have some momentum here. If you, Let's see if what you're feeling like in six months. Let's see what you're feeling like, you know, in a year. I think
0: that's excellent advice because if she barges in right now when he is already in another relationship... That just is zo-
1: so inappropriate. Yeah, I, it's disrespectful, yeah. It's disrespectful. To him and his relationship. And although it may not be going good, it's still the relationship he's choosing to be in right now. Right. And if he was choosing her, I mean his friend. Right. Then and they, then you won't know if he's really wanting to be with you or if he's just on rebound mode because this is so bad and you look good right now and do I really want to be with hello. you. And so time, when we're talking about relationships time time is important But
0: doctor you see it in counseling I've seen it for years people rush in mm-hmm. and that honeymoon phase and relationship can be super wonderful and not last very long
1: <laughs> oh, absolutely And you know when we're developing feelings they can be really intense but they may not be real <laughs> yeah so you could be trashing a friendship on feelings that aren't even real right that they just feel real because how that connectedness with that friendship is going right but at the end of the day, these may not be romantic re- feelings you're having. It could just be that you're lonely and this person's filling that need. Could and be now, codependent feelings. Could be a lot of things. So yeah. I'm going to say give it some time. See. How, okay. Let his relationship, and when, be careful how you're giving advice. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's
0: almost a conflict of interest. It really here. is. Don't you think mm-hmm. now that she's developed these feelings for him, it's time to quit being that sounding board for a while? Back off a little. she
1: may need to set that boundary where let's not talk about your relationship with your girlfriend right now. Yeah. Because it may make her think her feelings are more intense or more real. Exactly. Yeah. And she may be giving him advice that could be to her advantage Uh, later on. I was
0: just getting ready to say that. I mean, you know, it's so uh, human nature. If this is what you're wanting, you want him. It's easy to say things that will sabotage
1: his current relationship. Absolutely. So you need to be respectful of that. And it may not be a good one. It may not be what he's looking for, but it's still the one he's in. And it's the one he's choosing to be in.
0: I like your your point of time. And I like the point of distance. Mm -hmm. um, Because possibly she needs to, you know, start dating someone or or go out with other friends and not put all her eggs in one basket.
1: Absolutely. Because it kind of seems like she might be. I agree with you. And this could be so many things causing these feelings. That we need to, let's give it time. Let's watch what we're what we're talking right. about with him. Let, maybe we need to let that relationship go off limits. We can talk about all kinds of stuff, football, work, life, whatever. But let's not talk about your relationship. Yeah. And she could just say, I know I'm having a difficult time talking about your relationship. She doesn't have to reveal the why. Right, right. But be honest. If it's you're really, truly best friends and you've been that way for 10 years, you should be able to be at least honest enough to That's say, That's right. Maybe we shouldn't talk about this. I'm struggling talking about this with you. Yeah. And maybe it's just because it's making me sad. Right. That you're having to go through this. Exactly. Instead of saying, because I want you.
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) You know, because at the end of the day, if you get this relationship and you, you know, advise him, oh, yeah, you should dump her. She's no good for you. And then you do hook up. He'll kind of hindsight that and feel very manipulated and used. And that will ruin not just your friendship, but any opportunity. It's going to come back to bite you.
0: All right. Let's go to question number seven. We want to get all these in as many as we can. The election this year. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, Oh, my gosh. Had made everyone around me feel like they should voice their opinions. This person says I consider myself a fairly open minded person, accepting others who think and believe differently than me. This is getting ridiculous as I am finding many people around me that are bigots. And have hateful opinions about so many things. I feel like I can't just get away from all this negativity. It is in work conversations, television, Facebook. Even my children are coming home from school discussing their teachers' closed-minded beliefs. It is starting to make me angry. How can I not allow the negativity and opinions of others to affect me?
1: Whoa. You know what? That was an interesting point because I think I've... I would concur that this election has definitely I made a lot more conversation than previous elections. Seems to be so many wonderfully strange things happening. There's been a not, lot. Not necessarily good. I didn't mean to say the word wonderful.
0: No. I mean strange things happening. But there
1: has been a lot more conversation. Yes. Uh, most people are aware. If you talk to people, they are actually aware of who's running in previous elections. Most people didn't even know. Right. Um, so what I'm going to tell you is some of the negativity you can sh- you can shut off yourself. Right. Don't turn on the news. Don't watch C-SPAN or Fox News or whatever it is that you're hearing this on. Just don't watch it. Record your DVR with the shows you want to watch. Fast right. forward the commercials with the clips of all the political stuff and kind of pull yourself out of that arena. It, exactly. Um, the social media has is always a big one for any kind of popular belief system going on. Maybe you need to shut it down. Don't go on it. Take a break. It's okay to take a break.
0: Yes. Especially if you're
1: feeling negative feelings because of it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Maybe you're just getting very surrounded by it. And and that happens. And so, especially when people might be giving beliefs that are really in conflict with how you feel. And it feels almost like a personal attack. Right. Shut it down. So, you can choose to shut down The television, you can choose to shut down the social media aspects of where you're taking a negativity.
0: You know, and we talk about social media a lot here on the show, but it has really given the common person, let's say, all of us, an outlet for expressing opinions. And there it is on your Twitter feed or there it is on your Facebook page. Feed And it's like, whoa, what was that? And you just scroll on down, but it's still solid enough to affect you. And and so I I like your idea, doctor, that sometimes it's okay just to back away from social media for a while or the TV or the C-SPAN or whatever it is. If it's bothering you this much. If it's bothering you, take a break. you can't put it in perspective.
1: No. And then when it comes to your children coming home discussing, maybe their teachers are telling them closed-minded beliefs, that's a great time to have a discussion about it and talking about different perspectives and helping your children to see that there are people who believe things different and helping them learn to be open-minded. Right. Instead of letting yourself get angry about what, this, your child's being taught at school use it as your own teaching tool to help them oh, learn I like new that. perspectives
0: now that's turning, turning it around an dr angel i love that that's great and yes. they open
1: great conversations
0: you you give that type of advice a lot on this show on go yard about turning difficult things around and make them a learning experience don't you think absolutely and that's such a vital important part of being mature in life, don't you think? It is. Is to take what seems to be so negative and turn it around and see the good from it or use it as a teaching moment or a learning experience for your own
1: self. Absolutely. And when we're talking about kids, this is a great time for to start teaching them to start ma- making their own opinions and thinking for themselves right. and hearing multiple different perspectives. So they may be hearing something contrary to what you believe at school. That's one perspective. Yeah. Now you get the opportunity to share other perspectives. Absolutely. And spend time with your kids. Hello, right. you could be building your family bond with your kids because this because. negative thing is happening that's frustrating. Okay. I like that. Question number eight. Very good. Thank you,
0: Bobby. Uh, This person says, I'm in my mid-30s. I have never married. I don't have any children. Um, I don't know if this is a male or female, but as I read it, it sounded to me more like a a male, frankly. I do have a career that I love and own my own home, but really, I don't have any desire to settle down. I date here and there, but I don't want a committed relationship. I love my freedom. I love being able to play video games all night. That's why I guess I thought it was male, but it could be the one. If I want and leave my clothes uh, down in the bathroom. I love hanging out with my friends, catching the entire hockey season with no one to tell me I can't. My family doesn't understand, and they keep hounding me to find a woman. Oh, it is a guy. Mm -hmm. And have children. How can I help my family understand that I am happy with my life the way it is, and I don't want to
1: settle down? Woo. Mm -mm. Wow. This, actually, this is becoming a little bit more common. It is. There's a lot more adults choosing not to get married, not to have children, not to... Sure wasn't this way 50 years ago. No. And, or 100. And so when we're dealing with families, mm-hmm. you know, we have generational expectations. So the previous generation, it was different. You know, if you weren't married by 20, you were an old maid. You know, and now it's you're what? in your 30s, yeah. and what are you thinking? Right. And you know what? If it's not broke, don't fix it. Right, and so it's just kind of gently talking, having those conversations with your family, but you can't let what your feeling family feels project guilt and shame on you to do it different.
0: Have you seen the new ad from Enterprise Rental Car? Mm-mm. Okay, so she the the girl calls up and says, "I want, will you bring me a car?" Yes, we will. Okay, so she's at this family picnic. Okay. And the guy pulls up in the rental car and comes up, suit, you know, like the Enterprise guys are. And she goes, this is Rob. And, um, and now she addresses her mother and her dad. Now, from now on, quit bugging me about finding a nice guy and settling down. Let's go, Rob. And he goes, oh, okay, dear, we will. <laughs> and so they drive off in the car, you know. And then she apologizes and says, I'm sorry. And he goes, happens all the time. so I think it is something in this generation it's more common now for them to wait my youngest son waited till his mid-30s to get married and it's not that he didn't want to get married he was waiting on the right person so you know I think that we have to cut people
1: slack if they don't fear our norm we do and when we're doing what we believe we need to do for ourselves we need to be able to talk about that with our family without letting their beliefs of what we should be doing make us feel wrong or guilty or shamed i agree but i think probably coming from me being a mother and grandmother
0: you a mother um you know a lot of times we do want those those little kids to come along and that may be part of the pressure here because my family doesn't understand they want me to find a woman and have children right and so you know hmm, parents you know it's we got to be careful that we don't put our values
1: and what we want on somebody else, our, our children. I agree with you. And as parents, we do need to be we, careful we and let <laughs> them have their own journey. And it right. may not look like we think it should. Right. But if they're doing well and they're happy and with what they have and where they are, we have to give them that freedom right? to be that.
0: I think it's very interesting that this question has come to us because I don't think it's... Um, that uncommon these days oh, that's a double negative but i think this is more common than we realize especially with guys in their 30s perhaps
1: I, I agree with you i work with a lot of um younger professionals between you know late 20s mid to you know early to mid 30s and right. most of them have never been married or are not right. married most right. of them do not have any children and yeah. You know, 20 years ago, that was not it as was common. Not do you common. remember like um, Baby Boom, the movie that came out in the 80s where she inherited a baby, a businesswoman? Oh, no, I forgot that. Oh, my yeah. gosh. Yeah. So it kind of rocked her. Well, she inherited, cause she didn't want to have children. She had a great career in, a, in New York City with, you know, working 100 million hours. And right. um, she didn't want and she inherits this baby. Inherits <laughs> a baby. Inherits a baby. A baby. How do Someone you do died that? in her family oh, okay. <laughs> and left her <laughs> I don't the baby. How you do that? And, um, it's in the will, right? Okay. But she was even outside the norms of, you know, the career woman and yeah. what was expected. And now her job's like, oh, this is gonna take from your career and you're not gonna be able to do your job. And she lost promotions and yeah, for having this inherited child. And so, <laughs> and that really wasn't that long ago. Right. So, we as parents, we need to be careful. And when if we're the person, we need to just help, you know, sit and be honest and talk to our family. Right. And, you know, let them know. This is
0: where I am right now. That doesn't mean it's not going to change, you know. But,
1: yeah. All
0: right, we have another question. We got just a few minutes. I think we can get one in. I feel like life is passing me by. I want to accomplish things with my life, but I feel like the everyday things keep distracting me. In the meantime, I keep getting older and older. Is there such a thing as too old to try and accomplish things in life? People around me keep feeling are telling me to stop trying that i am too old that i should be enjoying my life not working at this stage interesting question
1: yes it is <laughs> it is definitely an interesting question why is that such an interesting question you know Doctor? it's funny it's a question i actually get in different ways quite often uh-huh okay and, and i what what do you You're doing? looking
0: at me funny because no. of my age but no that's not true i know we're good friends i honestly I don't think you can be too old to do meaningful things in life. I don't know how old Mother Teresa was when she passed, but she was quite up there. And, hey, if you have a, uh, a calling, you have a goal, you have a desire to switch jobs and try a new career. I've known people who become realtors at 70. When I first started real estate, I was 40, early 40s. And I worked with different people that were in their 80s. And I just thought it was great. Our Absolutely. profession allows that. There you go, Bobby. Yeah. Okay for old people. All right. Yeah.
1: Well, you know yeah. what? I find, at first okay. of all, um, my tell people if you're breathing, you're not too old. There you go. As so long as okay, you're like you're that. good. You can do any, you know, you yes. can. It's great to set new goals and to work on doing the things you really want to do. And a lot of times when, as we get in age, we lose some of those responsibilities that tied us down when we were younger, that we couldn't do those things we wanted. And a lot of times we're a little more financially secure. We have a little more extra timing. We can absolutely invest in those things we've always wanted to do and do a great job and feel fulfilled.
0: And nothing wrong with having new careers at,
1: you know, no, no, nothing no. wrong with it. In fact, it's very fulfilling. And I've known a lot of people that have started careers over after retirement have done, right. you know, lawyers who have opened up bakeries and have done yeah, do some really great. cool stuff. It's just
0: great. As you know, I've just been a part of our our ministry is part of starting a new radio station in Mexico. And that has been a real adventure I never thought a year ago I would be doing and uh it's just added to my every, all my other jobs but i absolutely love it and it's been challenging and fun and exciting to and sometimes age brings such wisdom i guess and and it's it's i really am enjoying this role that i'm in with these younger missionaries that maybe are 20 30 or 20 or 10 years younger than me but they're asking for advice in certain areas mm-hmm. and and you know what
1: Age does bring that. Absolutely, and it brings maturity, and it brings, you know, we we stop caring so much about what other people think That's as right. we age, and I, and I noticed that as I hit in my 40s that the opinions of others have definitely lost a ton of weight for me. But you know <laughs> she what? She said a lot who of is 40 years old. We deal with, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of times we deal with people who are telling you, don't do that, you're too old. It's because they're kind of jealous of what you're trying to do. Or they it would be too or, scary for them. They, they don't have right. They don't have the courage to do it. Let's so do it. if you have Let's breath and you have courage, I say go for it. Woo! Absolutely. Hit a home run of life. <laughs> go yard. That's what it's all about.
0: <laughs> There you go. You know, it's not about striking out. And, and be don't be afraid to try new things, and no matter how old you are. Absolutely. I, that was a great question to end on. That's as far as we could get tonight. And we want to hear your questions. Send them to goyard2014 at gmail.com and or 727-888-4171 is our text number. And we got to get out of here. We got a new series starting next week. This is April. This is our last show. In March. For March, for mm-hmm. this first quarter. What a great. Great time, and we've had such a good time, and always great working with you, Doctor Falzoni, <laughs> and Bobby, our great engineer tonight. Thank you. And you know what? New lease on life, people—that's our theme song, and let's go do it. Absolutely. And, and who are you? I'm Doctor Angel. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I do remember who you are. I'm not too old for that. And this has been Doctor Angel, Mama Mac, and Bobby tonight on Go Yard. See you next week, gang. Good night.
1: WTAN Clearwater Tampa Bay, WDCF Dade City Tampa Bay, WZHR Zephyr Hills Tampa Bay. Listen.